Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. Welcome to Satellite Sisters. We're so glad you're with us today. I'm Leon Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer, a producer, and I did it. I survived the Facebook Instagram outage of 2021. <laughs> Liz, did you make it through? I mean, how'd you do? I did okay, Leon. This is Liz. I'm in Santa Monica. I'm the middle sister. Uh, the thing that shocked me, though, a little bit of self-knowledge is how many times yesterday you just sort of, without even thinking, reach for your phone and mm. hit that Facebook icon or hit that Instagram icon. That was not good. Now, really <laughs> not good to see how often I did that. So how about you, Julie? Uh, this is Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister in Dallas, Texas. I think October 4th should be a national holiday. You know, <laughs> no Facebook day. Okay. I love oh, Jewel. It. I like it. Yeah. Don't you think that's a good day? Just turn it all off, you know, Uh, cut all the wires. Just do it for a whole day. Burn it down. (laughs) Burn it down. Okay. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Although we do love our Facebook group. So we're going to talk about that later on. We got some, we have some great feedback from the Facebook group on a variety of topics. So we're going to do a Facebook roundup including our big NYC show from last year or from last week. And um, what color, why don't women wear pantyhose anymore? (laughs) Hot topic, hot topic, as they say in the TV biz. And then Liz, you had a lot of feedback on your medical discussion from a couple of weeks ago. Yes. You know, I don't normally ask for, you know, advice, unsolicited advice. That's correct. (laughs) That is a hundred percent correct people. This was solicited, Julie. I solicited advice and I got some excellent advice. So I'm going to share some of the conclusions of the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. All right. A lot of women in the news this week, speaking up, staying noisy, including uh, the whistleblower about Facebook. Also, the women of the National Women's Soccer League have been through a lot. We're going to take a look at some data from the Wall Street Journal, a lean in and McKinsey report on what women really want at work. Uh, Kind of some fascinating stuff. And then, Julie, you have a whole deep dive on terrible behavior in restaurants. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been reading some hospitality trade uh, trade papers about 10 things that they really hate customers doing in restaurants. I'm, I think we're all guilty of at least some of these things. So, yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of bad behavior going on in restaurants. We got so, so that's what you do when Facebook goes out. You read hospitality <laughs> trade papers. <laughs> Liz, I'm always, you know, always way to celebrate the holiday. (laughs) I liked the tweet from the LA library yesterday that it just said books are still working. So yes, (laughs) yes, still working. Uh, All right. So that is a full show. But first, I just want to tell you guys about the Hollow Notes concert that I attended Friday night at the Hollywood Bowl. Okay. I mean, I know I buzzed about it a couple of times. 
I bought these tickets almost two years ago. So that's why I no think way. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. Too- yeah. Oh. I bought them in December, 2019, the day they went on sale. I was sitting at home recovering from abdominal surgery for colon cancer, and I was feeling good and had a good prognosis. So I thought, I'm just going to buy myself a little treat. And without thinking much about it, I bought four modestly priced seats at Hall and & Oates. And, <laughs> uh, and then it was supposed to be in May 2020. So oh. when they the show finally happened Friday night, I was just very excited. I was also weirdly surprised to see that it was sold out. Like, of course it was. It's Hall and Oates. <laughs> yes, they're like the hit machine, Leanne. <laughs> and they were appearing with Squeeze, which was, you know, a fun pop band from the 80s, very important in my high school and college days. So uh, we were ready, took my husband and another couple, our seats, not fancy, not fancy, you know, fancy bowl seats with white tablecloths. No. So, but just such a fun time. 16,000 people like singing along to hollow notes. It was great. <laughs> and so, did they mind that you were all singing along? No. Are they encouraged no. it? I think they encouraged it. Cause you know, hall is uh, 74 and Oates <laughs> is 72. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I, I don't know why I thought they were like, my age. They are not my age. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they did have hits in the seventies. They have been around a long time. They are in fact, the best-selling pop duo of all time in terms of albums. They had 20 top 10 hits, 10 number ones. I mean, I, cause I Wikipedia them afterwards. Cause we had a lot of discussion on the merits of all the notes. And I was like, why did you even come? If you don't want to be here with all of us, <laughs> why, if you don't believe in Sarah's smile, why are you here? <laughs> um, but, uh, and by the way, when they played Sarah's smile, I have never seen this before in the Hollywood bowl. Many, many couples stood up and slow danced to that oh, song, like right in their so chairs. Sweet. That's Just nice. People were so psyched to be there and it was yeah. young people. It was old people. It was all, all the flavors, all the colors of the rainbow, all kinds of people enjoying hollow notes. There was, I would say complete gender parody because I can tell you the line at the men's room was out the door and the women's room was not. So that's, it's an informal oh, study. Interesting. That's, that's a good poll. Yeah. <laughs> they are a hit machine, Julie. They just like one song after the other. You're like, oh my gosh. So every time you sit down, then they start playing another song. You're like, I got to stand up now. So okay. it was so just. The big, big question, Leanne, is yeah. what, as our sister Sheila is not here on the show this week, yeah. but what were you wearing? Because uh, that's what she would ask. Yes, that is what she would ask. So I, w- I went, I thought about, originally I was supposed to go with my two friends from high school. Okay. They were going to fly out from Connecticut. We had seen Hall and Oates together in high school. So we were going to go, this was going to be our big treat. That didn't happen. Cause they actually like <laughs> my friend Liz's son got married for instance. Oh. So that's on the same weekend. What was he thinking? Um, <laughs> so if they had been there, I think we would have done some retro stuff, but I'm glad we didn't because no one was an 80s gear. I thought there would be mm-hmm. a few more people, but no, very few. I had a nice new tunic on. I had Ooh. some great black pants on. My friend Liz, who was supposed to come, you know, she's an artist and she lives on Martha's Vineyard. So she had already 
decoupaged some Hall and Oates earrings for me. So oh, it was nice. Hall and Oates faces on a guitar pick and then they were hanging earrings. So I wore those as a tribute. And then I had these shoes on, you know, have you seen all those big lug shoes that are out now? Very uh-huh. trendy. It looks like yeah. they're made by Goodyear tires. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had those in the nineties and I remember them. I was like, I'm getting those again. Okay, just a warning, ladies, if you get them, they are very, very heavy. I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, you need to do some bench presses or something to get your legs and then like being able to like walk up that hill at the Hollywood Bowl. I, like, I know there are a lot of stairs at the Hollywood Bowl. It was right? about a hundred pounds. So that's what I wore. It was not retro, but I did have my Hall and Oates decoupage guitar pick earrings. Mm. And the whole night was just tons of fun. I think again, as I, when I said to my son, I can't believe it sold out. He said, mom, people want to do stuff. Okay. They want to do stuff. And that was it. People just wanted to do stuff. There was a great joy in the air and both the bands seemed to be having a lot of fun playing. So it was completely fun. Totally great. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad for your first, you know, one of your first big outings. Yes. So successful. Yes. I'll get out from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. Right. Just Mm -hmm. rest up your legs for those giant lug shit. (laughs) Right. I have to rest them up because though this week, uh, my friends, Caroline and Natalie, we are going to see head over heels, the go-go's musical, uh, in early December. I'll promise. So we're ready. Okay. Okay. Start early. Well, I would have to say I have been dealing with a cross-cultural conundrum here in Dallas. Uh, let me explain. You know, longtime listeners know that my daughter-in-law, Vera, grew up in Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan. So she's Russian, grew up in Kyrgyzstan. She grew up, grew up in sort of the, you know, sort of the post-Soviet uh, slash post-Soviet uh, time. But she is an American citizen, has been here for a long time. And she called me up the other day and she's like, she was really just didn't know what to do because Alice, uh, my granddaughter, is in ninth grade this year. And at their high school, they were going to have homecoming. OK. And Vera's like, what is homecoming? She's like, <laughs> she, she said, I just don't have any frame of reference for what this is all about, you know, uh, where, you know, there's a football game and then there's a dance and, you know, at the dance, the girls get, you know, everybody gets dressed up and there are pictures and maybe there's even an after party. And, you know, Vera's like, what is this about? And Liz, I would have to say, I really wasn't that much help because as you and I, right, Mm -hmm. we went to an all girls high school, right? Yeah, there was no homecoming where we went to high school. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, you know, I plus I don't think of it as a Northeastern kind of thing. I mean, I'm sure it exists, but it seems like there are pockets in the country where it's a huge deal and you are in one of those pockets. Uh, Yes, yes. We are, you know, it is big in Texas. Um, but it's big, you know, where there's football there, you know, they have these homecoming weekends and all these celebrations. Yes. And of course, yes, it does get even more heightened in Texas because we have the whole mum thing. You know what I'm talking about? Mums? No. As, no, I don't either. And this no. is so I was no help to Vera <laughs> at all. Okay. <laughs> I had to Google. You can Google moms. Okay. I think we have had satellite sister, sister, sister listeners that have, have posted on our Facebook page about these moms and that what happens as I understand it, you get the, I'm calling them things. They used to be little corsages, but now they're these giant things that you hang around that the, the boy presents to the girl 
at the football game and she wears it at the football game and it has ribbons and, it, uh, you know, sometimes they have flowers and badges and all kinds of things. But that's wow, I'm big. looking at them now online. Mums. Yes, mums. They're big. OK, so this Ooh. is all part of it. So so I was no help to Vera, you know, and she just <laughs> and then. The third part of this, which is, I think, probably happening to a lot of parents this year, Alice is in ninth grade, but for the last two years, she's been locked down, right? Mm -hmm. Literally locked yeah. down. Like when she was in school, she was in a plastic bubble with a mask on, right? So she never, you know, it's not like they've gone to the mall, you know, or gone to the movies or had any little junior high dances or, you know, went to football game. None of that has gone on. So now all of a sudden coming out of the fire hose is, is this giant <laughs> event, you know, and, and, you know, there are emails about it. There are checklists about it. There's all kinds, all kinds of things. So, um, but we're going to proceed slowly. And I will have to say, this is where moms, you know, together really do help because they, you know, there is a group of moms she, that she's close to at this high school. And they, you know, they have posted some very sound, sensible advice that will help to guide um, for the homecoming thing. But yeah, it, it was a new one for me. That's for sure. I wasn't prepared. It is interesting to imagine what homecoming would have been in Soviet Kyrgyzstan, right? That's you can. Yeah, yeah it's not well, they a don't have football, right? They don't have football. There might have been some marching around. I mean, they, you know, and in some and it's I mean, the other part of it is Vera wants Alice to participate in things and wants to take it, you know, take advantage and be involved. But at the same time, as any parent would be, you're very cautious about with your oldest child about, well, should we, you know, what is this all about? And what are the, where are the parameters and what's really going on? So um, it's a conundrum. That's for okay. sure. All right. A lot of learning going on. Cross-cultural exchange. Interesting. All right. Well, now I did want to do a hashtag little victories roundup. As, as Leanne mentioned at the top of the show, two episodes ago, I had shared with you my experience getting a second opinion with an orthopedist because my first orthopedic surgeon was, let's just say, not helpful. So I went through the process of getting a second opinion. I found it very helpful. I shared that with you. And I just, I did ask for some advice. What should I do about the first doc who was just not, just not someone who really wanted to ask me anything or help me in what I'm hoping is the rehab phase. So anyway, so I put this out there, an actual request for advice. And we have lots of sisters and misters who are doctors, nurses, PTs, social workers, or just experienced patients who have had both good and bad experiences. So thank you to everyone who responded. One thing I gotta say, like, overwhelming agreement, like 99% of everyone who commented agreed. Liz, there is no reason to ever go back to what <laughs> someone called, someone called Dr. Negative. Do you don't, cause I had said, like I have my one year check-in in January. You guys probably read all those messages too. Wow. Nobody wants me to ever go yeah. back. Liz, everyone I know that listens to the show called me up and they didn't ask about me. They just said, tell Liz <laughs> never to go back to that doctor. <laughs> 
So I do appreciate that. There's obviously no question. So then part of it is, then what do you do? Because one of my concerns is, is that doctor ever going to learn to not be a jerk? So uh, here are some of the highlights that, as I said, a lot of good advice in the Facebook group. I want to thank many of you, but let's start with Suzanne. Suzanne, like cut right right to the uh, chase. She said, Liz, swipe left. (laughs) (laughs) Swipe left. I will not put up with jerks, no matter how skilled they think they are. No more doctors who are dismissive of what I say. I never, ever go back to these types of doctors. My life is too short. I think she's right. I, I, I think that's true. So I was then wrestling with like, well, how do I deliver a message? Amy posted, she said, I've written letters to doctors that have helped me. And I've written one letter to a doctor that did not help. The writing of the letter, the process of naming the harm helped me live out my values, staying noisy and naming problems. I also hope that it helped change the doctor's behavior. I've worked as a medical social worker on an ortho unit. Orthopedic surgeons are kind of known for being jerks. Something about that specialty. Anyway, stay noisy, Liz. So Amy is just one of many people that felt I would be much better off writing my comments and sending it to the doctor and the practice rather than trying to face off with him in January. What do you guys think about that? Totally agree. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I thought I owed it to him to look him in the face and tell him what I really thought, but apparently that's not right. (laughs) Apparently he's still not going to care. Now, Sandra made an interesting point, which I think is something I've learned about in this whole nine months of getting treated. She said, I think it might be good to think that this doctor might have been exactly the right person for the surgery phase of your recovery, even if not for the rehabilitation phase. So thank him for his amazing technical skills and express your gratitude, but explain that as a living, breathing human being in need of support, (laughs) you're going to find someone else to help you with your rehab. And I don't know that I'll actually have that conversation with him, but the idea, I'm sure in a lot of these practices, there is just a better handoff from the guy or the woman who cuts you open to the one who actually cares about rehab. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I just didn't happen to be in the hands of that kind of a practice, but a very good insight, I thought. Um, And Margot kind of agreed with the don't waste your time on the letter. She said, uh, first of all, from how you've described your surgeon, I don't think voicing your disappointment, unmet expectations and stumbling blocks to progress will change him. Nor do I think he will even listen or comprehend what you are saying. So if that's your motivation, don't do it. But if there's something for you to gain from developing your courage and voice to express the wrong you have experienced, by all means, do it. Wow. Yeah, I think I'm over it, Margot. These are very thoughtful I responses know. that oh, Julie and I would never have given you. We never <laughs> gave you. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we never well, give you advice because you don't take our advice. So. I know. But these That's are right. these are people I don't even know. So of course I'll take their advice. Margot. Yeah. Margot is a registered nurse who recently retired from working in a pediatric uh, endocrine clinic. So why wouldn't I trust Margot? Of course I trust Margot. So anyway, lots of great advice. And then I'm just going to close on this swing. This is just the free evaluation aspect of the fact that I I used my x-ray there. And so if you haven't seen that, feel free to take a look at uh, the infrastructure in Lefty. 
And Kathy, I really appreciate this comment, Kathy. She said, I must say, the muscle definition around the break looks really good. I think you're working really hard and are in great shape. Here's to continued recovery. <laughs> so, so thank you very much, Kathy. I did not expect another person to read my x-ray, but I'm glad you did. And that was excellent to hear. Thank That's you. That's nice. That, okay. Yeah. No, we have very skilled people out there. I mean, not you know, not that you guys aren't skilled in your own way. So, but I got, I got overwhelming agreement. I got some good solutions and I got a free evaluation of how I'm doing. So there you have it. <laughs> okay. All right, Liz. I mean, who knows what, who knows what you'll bring to the table then next week? You got any other medical problems? <laughs> no, nothing yet, but who knows what could happen? All right. Stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. And we kind of come when we come back, we're going to highlight a few women that have been speaking up and shouting out and staying noisy in the news this week. But first, we want to thank a couple of sponsors for their support of Satellite Sisters. Liz, you know, we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you did. like to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already frame-bridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the frame-bridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, rate or gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you are like... going to be happy, okay? Yeah. That's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. All right, now we're back. I thought there were a couple of other things in the stay noisy category that we could talk about, uh, girls. Um, a couple of women who have really been speaking up for themselves. The first up, the women of the National Women's Soccer League. Many of you may have seen that last week, The Athletic, which is a sports news website, posted a whole investigation of current and former players who play for the North Carolina Courage, uh, talking about their manager, Paul Riley, and how he emotionally abused players and coerced them into sex. So he denied the allegations, but he was fired. And then it create, created this whole reaction from the actual league office saying, oh, we didn't know about this, blah, 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 blah. But then the players came out and said, yes, you did. We oh. have been telling you this. And so then on Twitter, if you follow Alex Morgan, um, 
on Twitter. Then she tweeted out copies of written complaints that had gone to the commissioner herself. So, you know, they're like, yeah, you can't just keep saying, oh, sorry, we didn't know because you do know. So anyway, the commissioner resigned uh, or got fired or whatever. And now outside counsel has been hired to do the investigation. But what's really interesting here is that the players themselves, they're in such a tough place because on the one hand, they want to speak up against this very bad behavior. But on the other hand, they want to support the league, right? They they know that if the league goes down, they don't have anywhere else to play. So it's really, really difficult for them to stay noisy. So I don't know. I'm sure you guys saw some of these headlines. Very hard to read these stories about women continuing to get ignored when they report abuse. Yeah. And well, it was just so reminiscent of, of the gymnasts sure. that we just saw, yeah. you know, two weeks ago testify before the Senate and that's stunning testimony. It's the same sort of thing that you just, they're caught in terrible places and you know, they're right. Their livelihood. But there's and no they're, learning, you know, you yeah. would think like, <laughs> yes, Julie, yeah. right. That's right. the part that is so discouraging. That, right. You know, you would think the very emotional and dramatic testimony of the gymnasts right. would have had all organizations, you know, both athletic business organizations really think about their climate, the work environment, and there's no, you know, that's what's. That's yeah, what's, right. So. Exactly. And it's not just a male female thing, because this is a female commissioner who yeah. was ignoring the complaints. So it's right. like power protecting power and disrespecting the less powerful. You know, and often that's a gender thing, but in this case, it was much more than that. So anyway, to the women of the National Women's Soccer League, uh, stay noisy. And then, wow, the the Facebook whistleblower. Did you guys watch her on 60 Minutes? We know now that her name is Frances Hoggins. She had also worked at Google and Pinterest, but she is the one who released those Facebook documents and came forward. Did you see any of that? Yes. I saw I saw highlights, not the whole 60 minute interview yet. Oh, my God. So, OK, so a lot of what she was concerned about was what she released is all of this internal Facebook research about Instagram and its effects on young users, especially young Teenage women, girls. I know oh, God. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. yeah, that was heartbreaking. Yep. Yeah. So she is a 37-year-old product manager at Facebook, and she worked on what was called the civic integrity issues. So she was working on keeping the election safe. And then as soon as the election was over, they, they disbanded that unit. And she's like, wait a minute. Are quite a few other issues we have to deal with here. Anyway, I just want to say watching her, and she's testifying uh, in Congress today. She's just impressive, calm thoughtful and willing to go up against the Facebook machine, which is pretty incredible, if you ask me. And this is, I think we all agree, especially when it comes to the safety of young women, it's such an important issue. So I I really wish her luck in getting the truth out there and anyone else that wants to get the truth out there. So Frances Hagen, stay noisy. Amazing. Right. Amazing. Right. I, I always hate myself when I get emotional over those Facebook ads on television because, yeah. <laughs> because I, I know. Don't do it, Leon. No more crying for those. <laughs> I, I know behind the scenes that their A number one motivation is revenue, is money. You know, know. That's, and this is, just proves that over and over again. 
I know yeah. it's hard. And we love our Facebook group. We really I do. I mean, but we keep our group private. That's why we're careful about who we let in. But yeah, it's I, I have very mixed feelings about right about this company for sure. That's why I just want the truth to get out. I would right. just like to really know what they know. Right, right. Right. Okay, Liz, two good shout outs. Thanks. Oh, and, um, one, and one last thing, as long as we're talking about uh, like Instagram and Facebook, yesterday was an interesting experiment in how addicted you are to these to these platforms. And I would give myself a very poor score in my ability to, okay. yeah. to resist just hitting those apps on the phone. So that's kind of a red flag too. That's not necessarily their fault, but red flag. Okay. I'm done. Thank you. Leah. Well, I mean, addicted and dependent for business on these yes, for sure. platforms. I mean, that's the other kind of crazy thing is that, you know, I mean, there, I mean, as a novelist and a podcaster, 99% of my like marketing is done on Facebook and Instagram. And right. so it does make you think like, Oh, what would I do? What did people do? in the old days. <laughs> so when they, Letter when they writing, perhaps, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Another issue about women in the workplace, uh, came up in an article in the wall street journal last week. Um, it's an in-depth study done by both McKinsey and lean in on how, um, women have been affected in particular during the pandemic. And uh, they talked to Rachel Thomas of Lean In and Lorena Yee of McKinsey, uh, Chip Cutter, the Wall Street Journal reporter. And so there's a lot of information in this article, but there was one, um, one nugget that stood out to me. And I, Julie and Liz, I wanted to get your opinion because, you know, a lot of, and this is particularly about a white collar worker. So if you work in an office, okay. So if you are working as an essential worker or in a, a in a job that does not mean you go to an office, you have not been able to work remotely, you have to go to work, this will not affect you. But for people who work in offices and have been working remotely, they did a study on like, how do you like your remote work? Would you like to stick with remote work? You know, how often do you want to go to work? And 90% of both men and women said that they would like one day, at least one day of work at home a week. So, uh, so they're like, never really want to go back into the office five right. days a week. Okay. Right. But women said that they wanted to stay home three days a week and only go mm -hmm. in two days a week. So the question posed, uh, I'm posing to you and the reporter post is, will it hurt women in our careers long-term if we choose remote work over office work? Mm -hmm. Will you, you know, what will you lose if you're not face-to-face -face with uh, management, if you're not there at the water cooler, if you're not going out and socializing out of work, and is it possible to actually create a system where you can accommodate more remote work and still make people feel like a valued member of the team? Huh. So Julie, Liz, uh, what do you got? What do you think, Liz? Jewel, okay, you want me to go or, first? No, or Jewel. But Jewel I, I was going to say there used to be something called a mommy track where, you know, in mm -hmm. certain accounting fields, maybe in uh, law firms where you could, you know, sort of get off the, get off the, you know, the off ramp and, and have more contained hours while your kids were young. And then you could return to working 80, hundred hours a week, you know, so, so, so your career could go on. Um, this sounds similar to it in that, you know, if you were choosing to not be in the thick of it, you know, if the office is open five days a week and you're not in the office five days a week, 
you know, even with, I think you're going to miss stuff, but yeah. it may be best for you and for your family. And you're going to work for a long time. I think it's always important to remember that, you know, I mean, you don't have to make CEO by the time you're 35. Uh, you know, you get, you got a whole long career to, uh, to work hard and, you know, continue to balance your family. So I'd like to see more flexibility in the workplace. Um, but I, I just think the practicality of it, nothing beats face to face. I mean, it still is really important. And, uh, and that um, will would give some workers an advantage over others. Uh, Liz, I, I totally believe it will hurt women's careers. Um, if, if this is what really develops where men are in the office all the time and women are in the office less frequently and they have less face time, I think, especially early in your career, right. having, having that kind of visibility, being able to learn the things you would not learn if you weren't there, being visible to the people, the higher ups, the people that can mentor you. Um, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it's definitely more helpful to be visible in person than to not be. And later on in your career, once you have an established reputation and people know you and chances are your professional contacts are spread out all over whatever business you're in, I think it makes less of a difference uh, because people know, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's Julie. Yeah, oh, we trust Julie. We worked with her five years ago on some other project, you know? So it's, I mean, obviously the issue here is more about availability of childcare. Mm -hmm. It's balancing within families who's doing what. I mean, these are bigger, much more complicated issues than how many days a week you punch in. Um, but I think it would, I think it would just be really hard to be visible in the best kind yeah. of way to the, to the leaders of your business, if you're not seeing them face to face. Right. Right. Yeah. I think you would a hundred percent disappear. So mm -hmm. I, I, mm -hmm. I agree. I, I just, I, it isn't fair, but and it's even not the fair. Mom, and and the, even though that the mommy track existed, it wasn't great for women. No, no. All the time. Was, yeah. And it, it was, yeah, I mean, it, did, it was an off ramp and it did. You yes. Know, and that, you have to you have to make choices about those kinds of things right well i hear a lot of my friends with kids in their 20s saying oh well they, they never want to go to an office because they've never been to an office you know yeah. because they've just recently graduated i'm like they should try it it's kind of fun actually it I is fun when you're in your 20s right. it's really fun <laughs> so it's much more fun than sitting in your apartment i think so <laughs> just give it a try before you decide i'm never going <laughs> is is what I would say. Well, solid uh, you advice, know, Lance, solid <laughs> advice. And and think about how the leaders in your business or your field make decisions about who gets promoted and who gets the good jobs or the good assignments or whatever. It's because they have a confidence in you and they feel like they know you. And because there are every time someone gives you a promotion or gives you a good assignment, they're sort of making a bet that you're going to be good at it. So what's the best way to get yourself in a position where people believe that about you? Well, some of that is FaceTime and just being there and working hard and being visible. Not the program just, FaceTime, but actual, <laughs> exactly. actual yes. FaceTime. Remember, FaceTime, the program is named after the real thing, <laughs> which really does help. Anyway, it's 100% not fair. Completely agree with that. But yeah, I, yeah. anyway. There you go, Leanne. Okay. Well, this article has is chock full of information. It, it is at the Wall Street Journal, so that means it's behind a paywall, but we'll put the link in the show notes anyway. 
Okay. Well, you know, the other thing, other than going to the office, that's a lot of fun is going out to restaurants. Okay. Remember those sisters, <laughs> those are good, but you know, I mean, COVID has taken its toll uh, with COVID restrictions and, you know, staffing is hard in restaurants. They've got supply chain issues, but here at restaurants, I read this article that restaurants are really pushing back at customers that are acting up at restaurants that are having tantrums, you know, mm -hmm. like is it the same thing that's happening on airplanes. Well, it's happening uh, in restaurants too. And so a lot of restaurants are, are, you know, putting up signs like be kind or leave or uh, good vibes only, you know, that yeah. they're trying to protect <laughs> their weight. Oh, I'm sure that's going to work. No. Well, Liz, listen, I mean, do you, they, a recent survey, 60% of restaurant workers say they have suffered emotional abuse and disrespect from customers. Okay. And 78% of all wait staff said they had, they have mental health negativity uh, in particular in the last 12 months. I mean, yeah. Leon, you've been a, a, wait, yeah. a waitress. I was a waitress. I mean, in the best of times, it's a really hard job because right. you're not really in control of anything. You're not in control of the customers. You're not really in control of the food or when the food is coming out and you just have to make it work. Well, it's obviously gotten worse uh, during that. Um, and so I that this article uh, piqued my interest and I started to read some trade papers, Liz, you know, about, <laughs> of, uh, good for you, Joel. Good the for you. hospitality in industry. And one was one was called it was in Food and Wine magazine and it was entitled The Fine Art of Telling Your Customer to Blankety Blank. OK, <laughs> Food and Wine magazine. OK, they just enough is enough. You can't come into a restaurant and complain about, you know, about stuff. You are welcome to service, but not servitude. Think about mm, that. Right. Okay? Hey. How about that? How about that? Another article I read, I think it was written by some Brit, but it, these were 10 bad guest behaviors that should be banned. Okay. Number one, get bad guest behavior. You know what it is? It's laughter. Like when people are like, you know, have that cackly laugh. Okay. Banned in restaurants. <laughs> Okay, that? well, that's not right. No, that's right. How about singing? Okay, this guy thinks no singing in a restaurant. No happy birthdays. <laughs> if you want a happy birthday, do it in your own house. Okay, okay well, that's not right either. I, see, okay. I think this guy's really not a snob. Right. Yeah, he's sort of a snob about this. Okay, obviously, you don't want to have an argument. Okay, that's not no, good. Right. Um, but I agree with this one. No sprawling. Okay, whether it's man spreading or shoppers that have a lot of bags and you know you're spreading out from your table and <laughs> taking over other area. That's not good, right? Yeah. <laughs> Seems relatively harmless, but okay. Yeah. Not okay. Good. If yeah. you want to, if you want to, it is on. hard for the wait staff to move around if yeah. you have a yes. lot of bags and stuff like that. Okay. So now, this one in particular, do not ever, ever currently under these circumstances ask that for the chef to come out. And, and so you can thank him for the meal. Oh, like, just don't do it. Don't yeah, do it. Okay. The chef okay. needs to cook. Okay. Right. And if the chef comes out to one table, then he feels obligated. Maybe you didn't know this to go around and talk to every table. Otherwise other customers are going to feel like they're, you know, they're being disrespected. So don't okay. Well, the very fact that whoever wrote this list think that's a normal routine to ask the chef to right. come out 
talk to you is living a very different life than we are living. That's right, for right, sure. Right. Okay. And number 10, this is the big, don't have, okay. When you have finished your meal, no more lingering, no lingering. Okay. Mm-hmm. Get up. Mm-hmm. Okay. They got to turn that table over. They got to get some other restaurants in. Yeah. But I don't like to be rushed. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't linger, but I, I'm thinking about it, but right. I do think, I do think it's important to really be respectful to people that are working under very difficult circumstances. And, uh, you know, going out to a restaurant now is a new treat that we haven't had in a long time. Mm -hmm. And you want it to be good for everyone, right? Yeah. I mean, no rudeness to the wait staff, no yelling, no, if things are slow, you're just going to have to understand just yeah. cool your jets like they're probably understaffed right. all of those things i mean we all know that so just try to adjust your behavior accordingly right yes right yeah. right okay. yeah we can do that Satellite we can do that yeah Satellite though i still haven't eaten indoors anywhere so okay <laughs> well i mean but people can be rude outside liz okay? oh that's true so this, yeah. this is mm-hmm. and still no singing liz outside <laughs> I think singing's fine. I like it when it's people's birthdays. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was just thinking about the behavior that used to make me crazy as a waitress. And what was that? Well, there's nothing worse. For First of all, two things I believe in very seriously as a waitress. When someone wants the check, they want the check now. Yeah. So like that's a number one. And then when they want to order, they want to order now. But it was when it was people who would say like, oh yeah, I'm ready to order. And they clearly weren't ready to order. Then they, oh. then they make you stand there and you're waiting and they're looking at the menu. I'm like, boy, oh, have so much to do. I have hot food up that table 31 wants to check and you're not ready to order. <laughs> so when you, don't tell me you're ready to order when you're not. That makes oh, me crazy. Yeah. See lingering. That's linger. See the lingering stress yeah. caused by this. Right. And how many years we don't, we won't even count the number of years that was ago. I know. And I can still happened. feel it like it's yesterday when I'm with people who say, Oh, just hold on a second. We're ready. And then they pick up the 32 page wine list. I'm like, don't do that to the waiter. Please don't do that. <laughs> well, I have always wanted to institute the flag system where it's when you need your waiter or you need to ask for something, you just put up a flag, you know, that so then they know, or you hit some kind of light so that you That's who, good, Liz, when you're outside with a little wind, that will be nice. <laughs> or you just, just so that you're, you don't have to spend the whole time looking for whoever the wait staff is. And they just know immediately, okay, that person wants attention. I don't know why that hasn't caught on. That just seems so obvious. To it's me. better than the wave. It's better yes. than the wave, which yeah. is what you're, you know, you're forced yeah. to do your own hand signals now. <laughs> so. Flags, lights, some kind of thing, no buzzers, but flags or lights would be good. I don't think your friend of food and wine would enjoy that, but no. uh, all, right. <laughs> all right. When we come back, uh, we have some information on cooking with Liz. Speaking of food, uh, no problem there. All the flags you need at cooking with Liz. But first we would like to thank a couple of sponsors. Liz summer is coming up and you know what that means? It means you're grilling, you're grilling and chilling there with your, with your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing, because I'm going to be up in in Bend for a part of the summer. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what, uh, what, what I'm recommending. Yeah. (laughs) Either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. 
That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy-to-find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because yeah. it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. All right, we're back. Uh, what do we have happening here? Okay. Okay. So Leanne, here's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Remember last October, you know, things were hard. Yeah. And we decided that we would spend the month, um, talking to people who would help provide our listeners tools to get through the fall and the winter. And we called it Locktober, right? And right. We, had lot, we had a lot of thoughtful conversations. And I think that was a great service to our listeners, the sisters and the misters. So I was thinking, well, what can we do this October that, you know, that also is special, but sounds fun, you know, like really like, okay, all right, people, come on, we're getting back to real life. So I am declaring um, Tuchitober and uh, Tuchitober <laughs> is <laughs> Tuchitober. I'm doing a new mini season of cooking with Liz. So it's going to be every Thursday during October, more on that later. And every week I'm do going to do a recipe from Stanley Tucci, who we all love, of course, from his cookbooks, from his CNN TV series. And he has a brand new book coming out today, literally, called Taste, My Life Through Food by Stanley Tucci. So during Tucci-tober, every Thursday at uh, 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern, live in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, I'll be trying to make something. And uh, right now, this week, I decided to start small. You guys always encouraged me to just learn how to make the basics because I didn't even have that in my repertoire. So this week I'm just doing a um, polenta taste test uh, because uh, who knew that there were all these different kinds of polenta and it's sort of a fundamental to a lot of Italian food and a lot of great dishes. So, uh, so this week, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, I'm doing the uh, polenta taste test. And then for the, the following weeks, I'll be announcing that next week. More Things will get more ambitious as Tucci-tober goes on. But I just wanted you to know that's where I was starting. Tucci-tober starts with um, polenta this Thursday. What do you think? I think it's good. It's a real building block, uh, Liz. Yeah. master yeah. good polenta. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought about pasta, Julie, but then do I really want to get you know who on the blower and get a pasta machine? Mm, I'm not sure no. I really need a pasta machine in my life. No. But polenta is super. <laughs> 
super simple. And Liam, it's simple, it's when, but you can screw it up. So yeah, uh, it's easy to mess up. Yeah. yeah. And he makes the point in his book that, you know, a lot of it is just personal taste. Do you like the finer grain? Do you like the thicker grain? Leon, you said something to me on the phone about this, that don't do that fake polenta. What is the fake polenta? I don't know what that is. Well, they have like the pre-cooked polenta that you can like slice. There's that. Okay. And then there's just um, cornmeal. I mean, it's polenta is essentially cornmeal. So people often, if you get the cornmeal, like that would make corn muffins it's going to be too mushy so all right well we'll see there's a big difference in polenta yeah between that well that's what i'm going to find out uh during during tuchitober uh on thursday so there you go that's everything and then you know just because you might also be interested in stanley tucci's uh new book william sonoma on wednesday night is doing a live zoom with him where he is launching his new book you can get the book you can get a ticket to see him on zoom I don't know about you. That's what I'm going to be doing okay. on Wednesday night. <laughs> so right. then I'll totally be ready to launch uh, Tuchitober the next day. So there you have it. Liz, thank you. That's great. That's going to be exciting. Super fun graphic as well. Yes. Um, also misleading because it appears as if Stanley will be appearing with you. No, that no. is your dream and your hope that yes. such momentum builds around cooking yes. with Liz that he can't not reach out. His people- That's what I think. Yeah. I think once he hears about Tucci Tober, yeah. he will find it irresistible to participate, but he's not locked in yet. Anything is okay. possible. Yep. <laughs> All right. A couple other things from our Facebook group this week. Uh, I mean, huge response to our New York City special episode huge. last week. Uh, well, it was fun to do. And so I'm so happy that it was fun for people to listen to. If you haven't heard that one, maybe you're joining us for the first time. Go back next week. We, we dedicated a whole show to New York City with some of our favorite moments and our favorite spots. And our two special guests were our sister, Sheila, who has just relocated back to New York City after 20 years in Southern California, and our niece, Fiona, who has just graduated from college and moved to New York City. So two different perspectives on what it's like to move to New York City and start life anew there. So it was tons of fun. And you know, so many people said about Sheila, my gosh, that was incredibly brave. I can't believe she did that. I've always wanted to do that. That's been a dream, dream denied. A lot of big shout outs for Sheila. My favorite was the one listener who suggested after hearing Sheila describe her building with the benches and the shredding machine and the, the elevators that perhaps she had moved into an assisted living facility by mistake. <laughs> this old positive there. Yep. Yep. And then we had another round of listeners who were just delighted to hear Fiona because their own children had moved to New York and they had some misgivings and they were worried or they're far away. And, you know, New York is hard and mothers can sit and places all over the country and worry about their kids there. So people were very happy that Fiona was so positive about her experience and how she describes, you know, so many young people and all working together and looking out for each other. I think Fiona gave a lot of parents out there in America a feeling like, okay, it's going to be fine. Everything's Mm going to be fine. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Then we had a whole nother list of people that told us their, you know, more experiences, more photos on the Facebook group of their trip to New York and how special and meaningful those trips had been in their lives. So that was great. Uh, I would like to apologize. I think I credited the 
Jerry Seinfeld's story to Anne Marie, and it was really Jennifer's story. Mm -hmm. And then I gave no credit to the JFK Jr. on the subway story. And that was Anne Marie's story. So that was just the way I had laid out the things. I I read the wrong name. So thank you, Jennifer and Anne Marie, clarifying that. And then just one final note from Madonna, Uh, not the Madonna, but our Madonna, (laughs) uh, who is a frequent commenter in the Facebook group and went to high school with our sister-in-law, Mary. She said, I'm so glad you enjoyed NYC. It often gets a bad reputation. Some people don't like the city and think the residents are terrible, cold. We really aren't. We're just like everyone else. (laughs) Only there are more of us. NYC is a wonderful place. Come back soon. So thank you, Madonna. I think people who listen to the show were very inspired to to get to New York. Um, I think trips will be planned, Leah, no doubt. mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. The other big topic on the uh, Facebook group this week was pantyhose. Okay. Mm-hmm. We ha- mm-hmm. I mean, we have to talk about it because Elizabeth said, speaking of NYC, my husband and I are headed there for a weekend. Uh, the wedding ceremony, fancy ish will be outside around six in the evening. She's a new dress and a pretty wrap, but she's concerned her legs will be cold. And her question is, does anyone wear pantyhose anymore? If so, what color? I don't own boots. So that's not an option. Tights would be too casual. I'm thinking of sheer nude. She said her legs are really white. They're not great looking. Well, I look stupid in hose. So, I mean, this really brought out a lot of comments on the Facebook. It did. First of all, I'd like to just shout out to Sonia who offered up this option. I often wear nude fishnets with a very small net. People get a kick out of them. And just check those out because we had several satellite sisters immediately go and order small nude fishnets. So I never even knew that was a thing. I loved that suggestion. Not that I can ever imagine wearing pantyhose again, but if I did fishnets, I like it. All right. It's funny you say that Liz, because people either were like, I'm never wearing them again or pantyhose are great. Go get the pantyhose if you can find them. So people had strong opinions. Okay. Missy had a suggestion. Just put a little self tanner on and cuddle with your husband. Okay. So that is fine. There's one. Uh, Someone mentioned that Sally Hansen makes a great airbrush leg makeup. Mm -hmm. Poor women. What, what do we have to do? Know, we I have to spray makeup on our legs. Yeah. Okay. But that's not um, going to keep her warm. That's yeah, not no, her problem. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the suggestion that Kate Middleton wears um, pantyhose. Right. You can do it too. Right? You can do it too. I like yeah. these back to back. She's going to be comp- queen of England. Okay. And she's <laughs> okay. These back to back comments show the whole discussion pretty well. First one was pantyhose are awful. No matter how white skinny, et cetera, you are, you will be much more comfortable in your own skin. Just find a good spray tan near you. And then the next comment was when did all the younger women stop wearing them and start walking around with their poor cold legs hanging out, (laughs) wear a nice pair and enjoy a finished look. So, okay. And then Karen really put a button on the discussion with this comment, whatever you decide on whip the pony. No one will notice your legs, just your smile. So there's it. Okay. That's great advice. That's great advice. (laughs) There you go. Uh, All right. So if you're not a member of our Facebook group, you know, head on over there if you can stand it. Uh, And um, you do have to to see what you're missing. There's a lot going on there. You do. There is a lot, but I meant if you can stand Facebook because ours is the nicest little corner of Facebook and, um, (laughs) and everybody does a fine job there. So, uh, so that's what I would say. So, but you do have to answer the questions to be let into the group. 
Yeah. Oh, can I, as long as we're talking about that, can yeah, I yeah. say something about that? Because I, I've noticed in the getting into the group, a lot of you who are already members invite your friends to be members. And then, and your friends are not current listeners of the show. And so they don't answer the questions. And so they just wait in our box for us to a- approve them. And you're doing the right thing by inviting the come join the Satellite Sisterhood. But it's just not working the way you think it's working. So what we would invite you to do instead is just share with them an episode, like from your phone, from whatever app you listen to us on, there's always a share button. If you have someone that you think, oh, they should be in the group, send them an episode or two of the actual show. Then once they listen, then they're motivated to join the group. And that would be way more helpful to us. So try that and see how that works. Right. Listens are great. More listens are great for us. More Facebook members are also nice, but more listens are great for us. More Facebook uh, members is just more money for Facebook where listens, (laughs) listens, it's actually going in our pocket, people. Just just to be perfectly blunt about it. We need the listens. Yes. Good point, Liz. Okay, well, it's time for Entertaining Sisters. And I have a show. This one, uh, you can just slip right on into this show. It's easy watching. And I want to recommend it to uh, to you two and to all the Satellite Sisters. It's The Big Leap. It's on Fox on Monday night. Remember this before Netflix when you had to, it's episodic, like you have to watch it one one week at a time, but we can get back into that. You can remember how to do it, but here's the premise of the show. So this is a fictional show about a reality dance contest. Okay. Get that. Mm. It's, I mean, you know, so there are like 20 contestants and they're competing in a dance contest to see who's going to be the greatest dancer. Okay. That's, that's the premise of the show but it has Scott Foley in it, that cute Scott Foley. Okay, he's great. He's the producer of the show. And Piper Parabo, do you remember oh, her? Oh, I love her. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Covert, Covert Affairs, okay. Yeah. And Beverly Hills Chihuahua. She was also in that movie. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, so it's got drama. It's got dancing. It's got romance. It's got rejection. It's just easy to settle into. You don't have to think too hard. And, uh, you know, they're not real people. So it's not the same you know, you don't have to worry about them as much as you do other reality TV shows. You know, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. They're not real people. Yes. <laughs> oh, Julie, that sounds good. I didn't yeah. know what it the was about. Leap. Yeah, it's okay. cute. It's very cute. Okay. okay. All right. Well, I had a television epiphany uh, the other day. And that I just thought I would share because it's speaking of, you know, episodic television, Julie, this is about time slots and how certain shows just belong in certain time slots in your life. And here's how I discovered it last last Sunday. You know, now I'm back into the habit of like walking my own dog in the morning, which is hard with old lefty, still not really the best at that. But anyway, so we go out every morning for a walk and then I come back. And on Sunday, I made myself, you know, a pot of coffee. I toasted a little bagel with some tasty things on top. And then I settled in, laying on my living room couch and watched the new episode of The Great British Baking Show. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that show belongs in the breakfast time slot in your life. Okay, <laughs> That's all. Okay. It's just, it's so, it was so relaxing. It was so enjoyable. It was so the perfect way to start a day 
especially a weekend day where you know you're not going to have to rush around all day. I was like, and there are so many hundreds of episodes there in the back catalog. Really, just every morning, an episode of The Great British Baking Show. I recommend that with your coffee and whatever it is you have for a breakfast. It was sort of a, it was a life changer for me. Okay, Liz. <laughs> you know, Liz, I, I often on Sundays, I watch Cooking with Val, Valerie. That's when oh. I watch. And then and then if there's an episode of Ina that I can watch. So I I agree with yeah. you that breakfast yeah. time slot is pretty good for cooking chefs. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, yeah. It's, I mean, it's they're not action packed, you know, so. No. you can just, and, and there's so much about the Great British Baking Show that is, you know, it's just kind of silly and yes. sweet, sweet. So like morning, that's a good way to start your day yeah, with a little nice. silly and sweet. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Good list. I like it. All right. I just want to remind people I have two book lists up over at bookshop.org. Um, they're going to be in pep talk this week. One is all my witchy books. It's October now. So we can officially talk about witches every week until I uh, decorate my witch house for this year's okay. going to be boffo Halloween celebration. Uh, so I have a whole list of books, um, you know, that some old, some, you know, that I read in elementary school all the way through contemporary fiction about witches. Uh, and then another one was a question on the Facebook group, mysteries with an accent. You know, I told mm-hmm. people I've been listening to a lot of English and Irish mysteries uh-huh. uh, on audible. And so I've compiled a list of some of my favorite authors and the favorite books that I've read over there. Uh, and bookshop.org, I have about six or seven different book lists now, including the NYC book list. So, okay. um, good, so books, we'll just put a books with accent. What's That's a, a good books- one, Leanne. Thank you, that's Joel. an unusual list you don't see that on everyone else's list <laughs> so, so uh, uh pep talk is the easiest way to get this but also show notes and i'll i try to spread the link around all of our social media as well um okay great anybody have anything else nope no okay no uh, then it's time for us to thank, uh, thank the people that make this show possible. We'd like to thank Sergio Enriquez for engineering today's show. Thank you, Sergio. Boy, it's really been a long time since we've seen Sergio, hasn't it? <laughs> it is, yes. Mm-hmm. Even when he, we connect on, on zoom, he doesn't, he doesn't He's just a big ass. On. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was in the special anniversary show. Remember we had, that's in, true. Okay. You know, yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we did see him in April. Thank you, Sergio. We'd like to thank our graphic designer, Emily Loudermilk. Uh, She pulls fun quotes from the show and makes great graphics. You can see those over at Instagram and in pep talk every week. Our Instagram handle is at sat sisters. We would like to thank our sponsors as always. Uh, Thank to thanks to the sponsors and thanks to you for supporting these sponsors. It really makes a big deal. KiwiCo, pros and better help. Liz, you put the links to the sponsors in the show notes every yes. week. Yes. Correct? Every week, mm-hmm. okay. every week <laughs> and every week, somebody asks what they are. And so every week I remind them that they're in the show notes. People sometimes have trouble finding the show notes. They're on whatever app you're listening to, but also if you go to satellitesisters.com on the podcast page, uh, you'll see the link there that you can just click to open all of the show notes. And it has like any articles we mention, any TV shows we recommend. We have links to everything there and we have the links to our sponsors. Okay, very good. Uh, all right, it's time for our to-dos. Jewel, what do you have? Well, you know, it's October and our, our late mom, Edna Dolan, in October, pretty much every phone call that she had with us, you know, individually, collectively, she'd say, did you get your flu shot yet? Did you get your flu shot? 
She wouldn't even ask how you are. Did you get no. the flu shot yet? Okay. So <laughs> that's the to do for, uh, for you two sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to playing the role of Enda Dolan today. Did you get your flu shots yet? Yeah, I okay. actually did. Okay. Julie. Okay. Happy so to report. Mm-hmm. Leanne, did you get, your I flu? made an appointment to get it this week. So okay. I'm okay. all set. I okay. Was, Satellite I- sisters. Edna Dolan wants to know, did you get your flu shot? <laughs> as long as we're talking about mom, can I just mention that several people also noticed that basically what Facebook had to do yesterday was what they called a manual reset, which yeah. is tur- turn the internet off and then turn it back on again. Yeah. And several people on Twitter commented that that's what Edna Dolan would have done. Yes. <laughs> Let it rest for a little while. Yeah. Bro, my to-do list was going to be, I'm going to get my flu shot. So there you go. I'm getting it. That's what I'm okay. on. I'm doing. All right. This is Liz. My to-do list is I am welcoming my first non-family visitor to come stay with me for a few fun days this week. You know, my college friend Judy is coming to stay for a few days and I'm very excited, very excited. We're going to go out and have some fun, but it'll be nice to have, can I still have a visitor? I enjoy it. Yes. Very fun. She might even make a special guest appearance and cooking with Liz. So uh, remember Thursday night, 5 p.m. Pacific. All right, uh, sisters, have a great week. You too. You too, Leanne. Don't forget, call your satellite sister.